Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Tim Groves, Programme Development and Partnerships Manager for the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, Will Quibell will be talking to Lee Hurain about his career path and his role in procurement. This is a special series called The Evolving Profession, charting new careers in the insurance claims community. Our claims community board members will be speaking to colleagues about their roles and how they got into them. In this episode of the podcast, Will Quibell, board member of the CII claims community, will be interviewing Lee Hurain, Household Procurement Operations Manager at Admiral. Here is the discussion between Will and Lee. So, Lee, thanks for taking the time to spend with me and the CII claims community today. I think we'll just go straight into the questions. Uh, First one, Lee, uh, what's the background to your career today and how long have you been in claims and in what roles? Thanks, Will. So um, I've been in uh, procurement roles and supply chain roles for around 15 years. So I originally uh, worked for central government agencies such as the the Cabinet Office and government departments such as BAYS, predominantly looking after categories such as IT, information security and professional services. Um, I worked uh, across kind of multiple agencies for for a little while, um, setting up kind of framework agreements, managing suppliers and uh, things like that. I also worked for the UK's research councils for a number of years as well. So the there's a number of research councils focusing on different areas, um, agencies such as the UK Space Agency uh, and things like that as well. So quite a diverse uh, set of, uh, of organisations. Um, then I joined Admiral uh, around about six years ago uh, within a newly formed group, uh, group procurement function. Uh, again, looking after categories such as IT, information security, professional services, and then later on the, the major projects. Um, so that's quite interesting in that you joined Admiral, you come from a procurement background, working in central government and large corporates. You've then joined Admiral being you know, a Welshman yourself, Admiral based in Cardiff. You've joined Admiral when you started in the group procurement function. Mm-hmm. And then that's taken you into claims somehow. It has, yeah. So um, I joined Admiral uh, right about six years ago. Like I said, it, within that, that main function, focusing on those categories. And then, like I said, the, the latter and the more towards kind of the, the major project side. And I think what, um, what got me interested, particularly from a claims perspective, is I was asked to head up and uh, be the procurement lead for the claims transformation project which is called NEO at the time so basically ripping out our old flames management system and putting in our, our, our new one so part of that project I had to work very closely with claims individuals from right across the spectrum of the business as well and that gave me a real good insight in terms of um, what what goes into claims the complexity of claims um, and I think just a, gave me a really good appreciation in terms of uh, you know the skills and expertise required in order to manage really um, such a such a complex category okay well that's really interesting because then you've come into claims and as you, as you said you've had to then work with everybody across the claims the claim the whole claims department which is a big claims department at admiral in cardiff and mm-hmm. um, so you brought your procurement skills in and almost that has honed in your more recent career to become more of a kind of claim stroke procurement expert yeah definitely um i, I think you know 
in terms of kind of procurement and supply chain management, lots of the the skills and experience that it can be kind of applicable across a lot of industries. But having been exposed on the claim side as part of that project, it gave me a kind of real good insight in terms of what's required from from a claims perspective in order to apply my skill set within a claims area. Uh, and that's obviously kind of what got me interested then uh, in in this particular role that I'm currently working in. Okay, well that's going to be my next question. I kind of answered it. The next question was, what interested you about about your current role? So, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, I think for for me, um, like I said, that that project gave me a real good insight. I, I think having work, or working very closely with our our motor department and our household department originally. Um, having worked uh, and focus on launching household first that was kind of my primary objective so I, I got to know many of the guys uh, within the within the household team there and it was just a very very interesting kind of area for me really so I, I think one of the things that jumped out to me more than anything was just how complex claims can be from from a household perspective when set against motor not saying the motor is not complex but i think just because of the the sheer variety um and um the simply just the nature of what goes into a household claim it can be so diverse it kind of really kind of sounds to me in terms of getting to know more about the area and trying to understand it and kind of work work, work, work within that area so that that's kind of what what prompted me to do it as well and also We've we've got quite a strong diversification strategy within Admiral. Um, so obviously we're very kind of motor heavy, but we were also looking to go into multiple other projects. And household is right up there. And in terms of kind of the growth of household, we've gone from zero customers to kind of circa 1.6 million customers in in 10 years. So it's a very kind of high growth area. Um, and obviously within the industry as well, it's one of the one of the top growing one of the top leader performers as well. So getting into and working closely within household at this point, just it, it was very attractive to me. And kind of I thought getting in at this particular area, it would allow me to help kind of shape the, you know, the future strategy of household in terms of its supply chain, the partners that we work with. And uh, yeah, like to, just, I think when, when, I, when I took a step back and I, 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 I thought about it in terms of the, the supply chain partners that we'd be working with, so from you know, loss adjusters to trying the restoration suppliers for AA providers, the substance provide. I think that that was a real kind of call to me in terms of just the diverse nature of it. I mean, no, no. The diverse nature of claims. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And I, th- I think no two days are ever the same from a procurement perspective, but I think that's even that's even further extenuated then in terms of when you work in household claims just because of, yeah, the diversity of it as well. So that's kind of what, what really jumped out to me, really. Cool. Thank you. Okay. Brings on to the next question. Lee, what are the key challenges and opportunities in your role? I think from a from a challenges and opportunities perspective, I think there are lots of challenges, but equally there's a significant amount of opportunities as well. So I think if we if we look at just kind of past year alone, uh, I mean, you know, we've we've encountered a few substantial weather events in terms of you know the sub-surge in the summer and the freeze event in the winter and then if we look kind of further afield more kind of macro factors in terms of you know the economic and geopolitical challenges that we're facing such as kind of inflation and brexit there are an awful lot of challenges to us as an insurer but also our supply chain partners as well um but I think if we if we take a step back and kind of we look at this I mean no challenges is insurmountable um I mean if you have a you know very well 
well engaged team but also a very strong uh, and established supply chain uh, working all together to kind of tackle these problems head on um it just it, it helps uh, helps dramatically as well like i said if you've got that kind of close working relationship with all those guys and you're empathetic to their needs and you understand that you know the, the problems that they're facing the problems that you're facing you're only as ever good as your supply chain partners as well then it's in both your interest to work together on these things as well I think from a from an opportunities perspective, we we kind of we like to take a kind of first principles approach to these things as well. So, you know, we engage with our supply chain partners, we engage with our colleagues, take advantage of that broad breadth of skill, experience, and innovation, uh, and that combined knowledge, and that's what kind of helps shapes our, our ways of working. And you know, there's always whenever we're kind of taking a step back and looking at you know what is the best way of doing these things. Uh, the customer journey and the customer experience is always the you know the center of our mind in terms of what's helping to shape that as well. And I think from from an opportunities perspective, another another facet of it is Amarill is an insurer first, but it's 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 a technology company as well. So if you look at the the makeup of Admiral, Admiral's IT department makes up a huge it's like the second third largest department within the whole of Admiral. So there's a huge uh, investment of, of IT resource with within Admiral, and we can really take advantage uh, of of that resource and that talent in order to you know, put technology uh, first in all of our approaches. So again, going back to kind of first principles, just because it's we've always done it this particular way doesn't necessarily mean it's all it's the right way of doing it i think when we take that step back and look to see how can we change things or how can we make things simpler or how can we make the process smoother and more efficient for our customers often technology is is the answer to that as well and like i said we we're, we're very fortunate in, in Admiral that we've got a very large it resource to help us with that as well and um yeah, it's 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 paid dividends over the last few years in terms of kind of our our enol rates. It's you know one of the highest in the market, and in terms of what we're looking to do in terms of simplifying claims and you know putting that experience uh, and putting that you know, control of the claim and the insight into uh, into the customer. I think that's that's kind of where we're, that's where we're going really. So no, it's been um it's been it's been a good journey, but there's still there's still lots to do. Okay, thank you. Uh, so. Next one is is more about kind of skill base and knowledge base, and so on that basisly, what what key skills and knowledge are you using at the moment in your role as a procurement operations manager in a claims department that you learnt in claims? So in the last two to three years that you've been in a claims environment as a procurement expert, what what is what 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 facets um, uh, of of claims um, have you been able to utilize to um to improve you know how how claim yeah no functions. no no and yeah I, I mean i don't think there's there's no getting away from it really um the the learning curve with a product such as household is is particularly steep again just because of the diverse nature of kind of what what entails a household claim so Thankfully, I work with an incredibly talented team uh, who are all kind of subject matter experts within their areas, and they've all been incredibly kind with their time, uh, and they're always on hand to help regardless of, of what we're working on. So I think of kind of some of our colleagues. So you've got Mark Conley, who's got a big incredible experience when it comes to subsidence and you know drainage and multiple other things and then we've got the likes of kind of Stephen Dodd who's a drying and restoration expert I mean that's just kind of to, to name a few um so when 
when individuals are very kind with their time and kind of willing to impart that knowledge, then obviously that benefits us as a as a whole team as well. And obviously, thankfully, I've had the you know the guidance and mentorship from from yourself, Will, which has been invaluable for my development. Um, I didn't pay you to say that. Did you I? didn't. No, no, no. But there, there is a tenor being slipped under the table as we speak. Um, but all all of that kind of combined is uh, is being incredibly helpful because ultimately as a as a procurement function, as a supply chain function, we're only as ever good as the people that we're working with. I mean, we're not the we're not the subject matter experts when it comes to these particular areas. We rely heavily on the expertise of the of our team members and our stakeholders right across the piece. So having to having a you know well engaged, well informed, very experienced, and very skilled team, it makes my job an incredible, incredible, uh, an awful lot easier. Uh, and obviously, then that is reflected in terms of you know the the types of agreements that we're able to put in place and how we then manage our suppliers kind of going forward as well. Um, and like I said, that having having all of that knowledge and having all of that input has created a substantially solid foundation for us to completely reshape our supply chain in pretty much every single area. So if I think of kind of where we were when um, I read about kind of two and a half years ago when, when the team was kind of uh, being reshaped and reestablished, I mean, where, where we were then in terms of where we are now, I, I'm pretty sure there's, there's not a single element which kind of remains the same. And that's not to say that it was not right then, but we're because we've gone from zero customers to 1.6 million in the space of 10 years, we needed to ensure that the supply chain that we had now was not just fit for purpose for today, but fit for purpose for tomorrow, because based on the our growth rates that we have anticipated over, uh, you know, the, over the coming years, we needed a very strong, stable supply chain in order to meet those needs and to, to ensure that our customers receive the service that, that, that they need as well. So I guess what I'm hearing, Lee, is that and, and what and obviously I do work very closely with you, so I, I know you really well. But I guess what I'm hearing is that by coming into claims as a procurement professional, you've been like a sponge and you, you've 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 wanted to learn from subject matter experts, just like people have learned from you. So maybe that's some good advice there for anybody listening is that if you're coming into a claims function or a claims role or department, but you're from a non-core claims background, I think what I'm hearing is, you know, be that sponge, um, ask questions, be inquisitive, uh, and anything's possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for for kind of anyone looking to go into this type of area as a as a career path, I mean, firstly, I, I'm a massive advocate for kind of procurement. Anyway, I mean, the, the household side of it is it, it's a great, it's a really great. And I say a bit cheesy saying it, but I, I I genuinely enjoy my job because I find the 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 industry and the area that we work in incredibly. Um, informative um it provides a great um a great experience just because of the diverse nature of kind of the claims as well again like i said no two days are ever the same in terms of what we do in procurement but working within that with that within our household space it is it just makes it even even greater and i think of in terms of where we are as an industry as well and and, and what we're doing i think how we've kind of embraced technology it's taken us so far, but if we if we compare ourselves to you know some of the financial institutions and things like that, and if we look at kind of you know fintech companies coming through now, we've still got an awful long way to go. We've made improvements, but in terms of what's left to do, this is still substantial. And I think that is again for for me reassuring because there's there is so there is so much to do. You're not coming into a, an industry which is static, which is kind of there's no progression or anything like that. There's there's so much change, and especially with the emergence of 
you know, new technology, the AI, whatever it might be, we can utilize an awful lot of that in order to give us that kind of competitive edge. So for, for anyone looking to kind of come in into this area, I'd say go for it. I mean, you learn your most outside of your comfort zone. So even if you've never done anything like this before, I'd say engage with the people working in the field that you're interested in, absorb as much as you can. And kind of on the whole, you find that you know people are very generous with their time and they're more than willing to help you uh, if you show a real interest and desire to learn. Um, I, particularly within Apple, we have things such as port of calls as well. So you can arrange uh, with anyone in the business, regardless of the department, regardless of the grade, to go with them sit with them for kind of half a day to get more of an understanding in terms of that role and that we we apply that uh, across across the whole of the organization i i've, I've undertaken many kind of ports calls myself to understand more about particular areas but also i've you know undertaken ports calls with individuals who are looking to find out more about procurement supply chain household claims and everything like that so what i would say is go for it get in touch with the right people um and like i said people are very friendly with their time on the whole and they'll be more than willing to, to help you out with that Great. Thanks, Lee. So, Lee, just moving on and, and listening to your advice there, like you're in your kind of early 30s at the moment. So if you think about the person maybe 10 years behind you in their early 20s, just starting out in in uh, in procurement and looking to go into a claims environment, what what traits would you say make the ideal candidate for, for the role that you're in now as a procurement ops manager in a claims function? Yeah, sure. I think from... From, from my side, I mean, it always helps to have like an analytical background as well. So lots of kind of what what we do within procurement is, you know, we're looking for we're looking for efficiencies. Everyone always thinks of procurement is always about kind of cutting costs and everything like that. It's not. It's it's about creating creating value in the supply chain. So it's about looking taking the first taking a step back, looking from a first principles perspective and saying, right, what what are we doing at the moment? what can we do different? How do we get from point A to point B in the most efficient manner? So having that analytical mindset is is always kind of very, very, very helpful. You need to be kind of engaging uh, with, with individuals. So a huge part of kind of what we do is stakeholder management as well. So uh, being able to kind of interact with people and work very closely at people with, with at all levels, right from kind of C, C grade upwards to, to right, right the way through to people who are just starting out as well. So being able, uh, being able to engage with, with multiple stakeholders is is massively important um being open to change as well so again you know a huge part of what we do is is change i mean lots of people can be fearful of change and changes outside of their comfort zone but we we need to embrace change because if we don't then we get we get left behind um the the ability to create and sustain strong relationships as well is is huge and that can't be underplayed really especially from a from more of a supply chain um supply relationship management perspective as well having those well-established strong relationships especially in the areas that we work uh, you know within household the you know when a when a when a weather event hits, that's when you that's when you really see the you know the strength of your relationship with with your supply chain partners as well. So we did a we did a quarterly review uh, just the other day with um, one of our major uh, loss adjusters and uh, HE providers as well, and we were going through kind of lessons learned in terms of you know what could we do differently um, and what worked what didn't work and having that kind of open and frank conversation with those individuals and. 
it's what what you kind of want to get get away from is that kind of traditional kind of buyer supplier relationship in terms of and um, being subservient or anything like that you want an open dialogue with these people you want them to be able to be very very free to say exactly what they think um you know what you're doing right what you what you're not what's not working so well and you need to be open to that as well and i think a big part of it as well is is being empathetic so you need to be able to kind of put yourself in individual shoes so no one no one goes out looking to do a bad job things happen uh, and you just need to be open to that and you need to work with people to to understand that you know things might not always go the right way but it's not it's not about dealing with the consequences right there and then it's kind of how you react to them and how you how you go from where you are to getting that solution um device and, and implemented as well and what what you'll find is if you're kind of open if you're open with individuals you're empathetic to you know what's happened they're, they're, they're far more likely to work with you uh, in order to kind of get uh, get the results that you get the results that you need and i think overall a desire to to learn and develop as well so like i said earlier i mean you, you learn your most when you're outside your comfort zone when i took a step into households it wasn't my background um and i hadn't necessarily worked very closely with claims previously i'd been exposed to it due to a claims transformation pro, uh, project but it wasn't my background so i think you've got to be willing to be outside of your comfort zone for for a period of time because that that is when you will learn the most that's when you engage with people that's when you'll absorb the, the most amount of information and don't be scared going into an industry or an area which you don't know much about because everyone starts out at that point uh, at some point as well so just be open just be open to the fact that things won't be easy straight from the start you'll need to go through that that process of learning and taking on information but it does come and you know your, your experience and knowledge grows and having a very kind of well-established, very experienced team around you helps hugely as well. So those those are those are the kind of tricks I would I would say work well and have worked well for me in the past as well. Thank you, Lee. So we'll just move on a bit. How do you think the role might evolve in the future? <clears throat> from from in terms of how the role is likely to 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 evolve, I think I think. Technology is going to have a huge, huge impact. Um, I, don't, I don't think we can kind of underestimate that. Really, like I said, I think if you look at kind of some of the financial institutions and how they've developed and utilised technology, I think they're ahead of us from an insurance perspective. And um, I do think that I do think that we're catching up. Uh, but I think there is quite quite a quite a long way to go, really. So in terms of what, what changes I think will likely come of the main over the next kind of three, five years. I think it's more about customer and control uh, and providing kind of good insight. I think we're going to move away from the days of, you know, customers having to kind of call in to see where they are, you know, the status of their claims, who's been appointed or anything like that. I think we will move to a more, uh, just a, an online focus in terms of the end-to-end management of those claims. And I don't think that necessarily has to be less, less personal as well. I think it can be far better experience for customers i think if you if you look at it i mean cost quality and life cycle management will always be funda- fundamental to, to customer outcomes and i think utilizing and exploiting technology in the right ways can improve all all three i don't think one has to be at the tra- detriment of the other two or vice versa so i think i think technology will will be a huge piece of that and i think just to, if if i look at kind of you know what we're doing uh, at the moment as well how we're where we're moving away from you know, a heavy resource call centre approach in terms of providing that insight. So 
when a when a customer you know a customer is able to kind of fully register their their claims uh, online, they they'll be able to know exactly kind of who's been appointed, when they'll be visiting, what work will be undertaken, what the timescales are uh, to do with all that as, uh, with the actual work itself, uh, and then when it comes to you know more more simple more kind of straightforward claims such as you know your, your more basic contents claims, there's no reason why customers shouldn't be able to register a claim and have full uh, for completion of that claim in in minutes as opposed to it taking days or weeks or anything like that so again it's kind of exploiting that online journey to to put customers in control in terms of you know what type of um claims resolution they want be that in terms of you know cash or you know fulfillment or whatever it might be and i, th- I think exploiting exploiting those kind of technology streams will have a have a huge impact on the uh, on the customer kind of going forward in terms of the end to ends and i think it's just a it's a it's a general general feel from from where we are at the moment i, I mean everyone kind of talks about you know the amazon experience everyone wants everything straight away and it's difficult to get that with complex areas such as household claims but i think there's all there's an awful lot of work that can be done in terms of where we are at the moment in terms of what we can do to improve because effectively when if you think of when someone registers a household claim especially if it's you know like a large bills in claim be that's kind of a state of world or a fire these are you know, these are fundamental um experiences which you know can shape people's lives and you want to be as empathetic to that as possible you want to create the most the, the most um sense of experience um for for customers and i think having those right processes in place getting the right suppliers assigned right from the start so getting the right getting the right guys on the claim from the very start if you if you get that wrong and i think you've set the wrong precedent for the for how the claim is managed overall as well so getting that right from the very beginning working with the customer to understand their needs and you can you can create what is a you know very very harm well very very tense experience for a customer a very kind of distressing experience and you can kind of make that better in terms of how you then manage that claim so i think that's in terms of kind of how i see the the future of claims uh evolving i think yeah utilizing that technology putting the customer at the, at the center focus in terms of how you manage that claim will, will will become more and more prevalent as time as time goes on thank you okay so Bit of a bit of a change in questions now, if that's okay, Lee. Of course. Your next career move. Where do you see that? What does it look like? Um, it's it sounds a bit corny, but it's it's not something that I've given a huge amount of focus to. I'm I'm still learning an awful lot within the within within household claims. Um, I've been in the role kind of two and a half years, and I've gained a lot of knowledge and experience and insight. But there's an awful lot more to gain if i look around at some of the guys on the team on the team they've got 25 30 years of experience uh and i'm i'm working very closely with those guys and i'm absorbing more and more every day and i'm not at the point yet where i want to move away from that so i think from 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 my experience i I'm, I'm very happy kind of where i am focusing on this we, we've done a huge amount of work within our supply chain over the last two and a half years and we've, you know, we're, we're, we're market leading in a lot of these areas, but there's still an awful lot of work, a lot of work to do. I'm, I'm very kind of competitive in nature, as I know you are, Will, and I want to kind of be the best in every in every area possible. And we're not at the moment, uh, and I'd like us to be. So that's kind of where my focus on. And I think we can kind of divide it into kind of three areas, really. So lots done, lots to do, and lots to lose. Love that. 
Don't know where you got that phrase from. <laughs> we, you are competitive and so am I. And you're a Welshman, I'm an Englishman. So the World Cup's coming up. So uh, that competition, we'll, we'll play it then. Okay, we're, last question now, Lee. Um, what one piece of advice would you give, Lee, to someone who was interested in pursuing your career path? I think it kind of harps back to the same kind of sentiments that I said re- uh, earlier, really. So it's period preparing to preparing yourself to kind of be exposed to new areas which you haven't haven't been before i mean it's it's scary it's daunting and often you'll get the you know you, people talk about the imposter syndrome i think the imposter syndrome is just when you're working in an area which you're not really familiar with and you're developing your skills and your knowledge and your expertise i don't think it i think i think the, the term imposter syndrome is wrong you're just you're acquiring new skills and you're building up your knowledge base um and it's it's like anything really if if you if you've got that desire to to learn and develop yourself uh, and you've got that engagement and you're willing to kind of to, to push yourself then then you will be successful and i think what 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 helps with that is having a very kind of supportive network around you so like i said previously if you can identify those individuals within your organization which can help help in an area which you're interested in reach out to those guys um ask for some time with them get a bit more of an insight in terms of you know what they do on a day-to-day basis what would their advice and guidance be in terms of uh, if you know if they were you now what steps that they would take in order to uh, to, to progress and i think just having that those those very basic conversations with people to understand it because often you you don't you don't know the role until you're in in a role so kind of being exposed to individuals who have worked in this area for for a long time is incredibly helpful because some areas might not be right for you and the more information that you can ascertain from those individuals in terms of what it's actually like on a day-to-day basis then that will help you uh you know understand whether it's actually an area that, 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 that you want to go for but if you get to the point where you know you've decided that's uh, that's an area of focus and you want to go into it, then then just go for it. Like I said, engage with these people, and as long as you've got the right attitudes and you're willing to learn, you're willing to develop, and whether to and you're willing to fully embrace yourself within that area, then you are setting yourself up for a real good chance of succeeding. Well, that is good advice to all our listeners, Lee. So that that brings us to a conclusion. So, on behalf of the CII Claims Community Board. A big thank you from me to you. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I have very much. And thank you very much for the opportunity. And thanks for inviting me on. No, no problem at all. And uh, I'm sure all of all of uh, all of our members and, and people across the claims community will uh, will enjoy listening to your insights uh, and, uh, and advice and, and recommendations. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very much. Nice to see you. Thank you to Will and Lee. It's really great to hear how you got into your role and what it's involved. Do look out for the next episode in this series. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcast, or follow us on LinkedIn under the CII Claims Community page, or on Twitter at CII Group and at CII Claims. Until next time, goodbye.